0: This name and everyone said amen. Go get them. Thank you. <laughs> See, not everyone gets that. I feel pretty special. Good thing not everyone gets that. All right. Um, well these last months we've been given this gift of time and space and an invitation to feed our souls on Jesus instead of the chaos around us. And in the midst of our time away on sabbatical, the Lord has just been so faithful to meet me to help me process my grief after losing my mom in May, and then leading me to a place of rest. Those of you who know me, my family especially, knows I am a doer, I love my checklist, I like to accomplish a lot, and rest is really difficult for me. So rest has become my new discipline. I'm learning it's not just an activity or an inactivity, but a perspective and a mindset that affects how I do all my to-dos. So, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share just what he's been teaching me about cultivating attentiveness to his presence. This doesn't come easily to me, although I had excellent examples in my life. Both my mom and dad were master gardeners and ministers of the gospel who patiently cultivated plants and people as marriage counselors. I, however... (laughs) I'm the impatient gardener. <laughs> we all decided it would be a good idea to start a garden this year, right? We're stuck at a homeless garden. Well, somewhere along the way I forgot to water and weed and now I have a couple tomatoes. But I'm learning. So when the fruit takes too long, sometimes I get impatient and give up. I value, in it. I, I value efficiency and usefulness and practicality and service but I desperately need to learn the discipline of waiting, resting, and nurturing God's presence in my life. To be washed in the water of the word, not just sporadically splashed, maybe on a Sunday sprinkler, you know, or just a couple times I can grab it throughout the week. And not plowing through maybe a rigorous reading schedule, because then I feel like I'm accomplishing a whole bunch and I can check off all my boxes and then I forget I'm not allowing it to transform my spirit, my mind, and my emotions. So my necessary discipline has been to slow down, digest smaller portions of scripture so that he, his spirit, can take those and plant them deep, grow in me new perspectives, transformed ways of thinking, and actions that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. So cultivating an attentiveness to God's presence is really hard, especially in seasons like this, right? We have to pursue it, nurture it, sometimes fight for it, and determine in our hearts, this is what I'm going to do. Stillness just doesn't come knocking on our door, does it? Anybody have stillness as a visitor just shows up? No. I've had to look for it. Um, There are several tools to cultivate awareness of God's Presence and we'll be practicing and exploring them as Jason was talking about during our home group coming up. Um, But I'm just today. I just want to highlight four that have been super important to me in this season um, as I've been going through crisis. So how do we do it? How do we cultivate the awareness of God's presence? Let's take a cue from Moses. Moses, we know, is a cultivator of God's presence in the face of a lot of opposition. And at a time when God's people were completely out of their comfort zone, which we're kind of feeling that. I think a lot of us are feeling that right now. They'd been miraculously rescued out of Egypt. God foiled the Pharaoh's armies with smoke and fire, blew a path to the Red Sea for their escape. They celebrate. They worship God's goodness. They dance in victory, right? And it's like before the last tambourine jangles stop, they start complaining. (sighs) We're thirsty. We're hungry. Are we there yet? (laughs) You know what that's like. huh? Things are hard. This is not what we expected. No one seems to know where we're going. This is taking forever. Can anybody relate? So how do we do it? How do we do this? Moses had to climb mountains, cross deserts, walk outside a camp, just to get away from the distractions, out of the crossfire, away from the complaints of God's people, and just access the presence of God in the tent of meeting. Let's take a look in in Exodus 33, verses 7 through 14. Now, Moses used to take a tent, probably some old Coleman that someone left behind at some point. He's Coleman tent out in the outside, pitch it outside the camp some distance away, and he called it the tent of meeting. This is before they had the fancy tabernacle or the temple or anything. It was just a tent. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tent, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went in, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay At the entrance, while the Lord spoke with Moses. And whenever the people saw the Pillar of Cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrances to their tents. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as he speaks to a friend. And then Moses would come back to camp. But his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So I love how Moses brings his concerns to the Lord. (laughs) Basically, he's saying. I can't do this alone. Moses says, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. I love how Moses seeks to continue growing in his connection with the Lord. He says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And here, I think Moses is interceding, or he might be like, hey, (laughs) these are your kids. Remember, God? Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord responds with the promise of his presence. He says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. That's what we all need right now, isn't it? What I noticed about this passage first is that Moses intentionally created a space in that tent to meet with God, away from the noise, the pressures, and the din. Often, I feel like we have to fight and find that space to attend to God too. And like I said, it's not easy for me to find peace and quiet, so I have to be intentional. I have to get creative because I have five kids. I have one who needs intensive support, and I'm going to start homeschooling him again this week. Um, I also have a job serving the beautiful kids in this house, and I know I'm not alone in busyness. I'm not the only one. Some of you are attempting to homeschool for the first time. Some of you are working from home. Some of you are going to work wearing a hazmat suit and trying to avoid getting into political arguments with your coworkers. It's a lot. But here's what Moses did. He created a space. So that was the first thing God was really teaching me in this season is to just create a space. Just when I think, oh, I can't even find a span of five minutes in this day, I'm reminded of one of my heroes, Susanna Wesley. She had 19 kids. Whoa, bless her. Two of them were Charles and John Wesley, the great preachers in the first great awakening in England and the colonies. Susanna... Must have done something well in raising those kids. But she created her own tent of meeting, and this is how she did it. You look around, what have I got? I got my apron. She threw her apron over her head. (laughs) And then when the kids saw that, they were like, ooh. (laughs) Just don't disturb mama. She's meeting with God right now. And I have to think, like, it just must have been her moment to just take, keep saying, take a deep breath and keep loving our kids. Maybe this was a self-imposed timeout, I don't know. I have, my kids were listening this morning and I have a, I have a feeling one of them's gonna try this week, throw in an apron over my head or something and be like, Mom, how about some Jesus time? <sighs> That's okay, I welcome it. So if Susanna can create a tent of meeting, we can too. We have to intentionally cultivate it. We have to create an environment where we can slow down, talk to God and pay attention. It might not be a physical space but it can certainly be a time or place where god's going to get our full attention i love in the old testament and new testaments again and again god attaches practices to daily rituals as reminders to just turn our attention towards him and i just want to encourage us to practice noticing god's presence daily and the best way i know how to form a new habit is by intentionally attaching it to something that I already do (laughs) every day. So for me, I like to have a little Jesus with my morning coffee because I know I'm going to be having coffee in the morning. Um, So it's just a good reminder for me to turn my attention towards him. Maybe for you, you have drive time on the way to work or wherever, bringing kids somewhere. taking some time to listen to some worship music or listen to your audible Bible reading or just have a quiet conversation with God. I love doing that. On Saturdays is my day to take Lily to training way out in Vanita. So just get to have the space and usually I just make it quiet so I can just have a conversation with the Lord. It's the best. So that's ask yourself, what are the things I do every day? Can I attach a reminder to look to Jesus at these times? Creating space is so essential, especially in seasons like this. And maybe you feel like, yeah, I got that daily practice down. I got regular time set aside every day. But you realize, hmm, my attentiveness to his presence isn't always carrying over to other parts of the day. When stress or relational tensions get real, is turning to Jesus our first response? Often it's not. Here's where we get to intentionally invite his presence, to meet us in that place of stress and tension, where we're feeling that lack. So here's a picture of what creating space to cultivate attentiveness looked like at a crisis point with my mom back in March. She was in Minnesota, I was here. My mom had gone in for emergency surgery to repair her heart aneurysm. And just days later, doctors were not really sure whether she had experienced strokes. She wasn't communicating. She wasn't able to respond very consistently. And the doctors were asking my brothers and I to make a decision to either, do we go ahead and, and do a tracheotomy? Maybe it'll give her lungs a, you know, a little more time to recover. Or do we just take her off the ventilator and hope for the best? And this was... Whew, little stress moment. This was my what do I do moment where I really needed God's wisdom immediately. She wasn't able to communicate clearly with the nurses and we weren't sure what, what we should do. I wanted to know, what, what, is, what would you do, mom? <laughs> Tell me. So I felt an urgency to find a way to connect with her and I didn't have any, I didn't know what it would look like. But I felt like I needed to see her face for myself to find out where she was really at as best as I could without her being able to talk. She had a respirator in. So in that crazy COVID chaos where technology has been a gift, even if sometimes (laughs) we get sick of it, um, I asked the nurse to set up her phone, figure out an app, set up video chat, tell me what it is, and we played 20 questions. I explained what was at stake And, you know, the risks of another surgery and the potential barriers if she got a trach would be to coming home. So when my mom's face comes up on my screen, immediately the first thing I noticed was the clarity in her bright blue eyes. This is all that she could give me. That's all that I had to go on. So we did our 20, 20 questions. And um, at one point, she's just like barely nodding, barely shaking her head. And at one point, I could tell she wanted to say more. And I can't exactly explain how I knew, except the Lord must have been translating for me. Um, and I asked the nurse, could you give her something to write with? I didn't even know if she could move her arms or hands or anything. But here she is. She writes, and she holds up in her always school teacher neat, tiny, tiny cursive. She declared, hmm, a tracheal tube shouldn't be a problem. I took care of dads. The nurse and I were stunned. I told her, okay, mom, we are going to fight for your life here, and we're going to find a way to get you back to gardening with your grandson. Her face just lit up in this radiant smile, and I knew, like, that's it. We got it. All right. God's presence had just met us here in our virtual chat tent of meeting. (laughs) It wasn't easy. I had to be so intentional and create an opportunity to just quiet everything else and really pay attention. And I think sometimes that's what we need to do with God, just create a space in our own lives so we can notice the way that he's speaking The second thing God's been just teaching me, and this one's hard for me, is to pay attention to my own heart. I like to just move on past that. All right, get over it. Let's get lots to do, right? I wish I could always remember to seek God's presence before I respond. But I don't. Sometimes it's only after I've responded to stress that I realize my mistake and then I got to backtrack a little bit. And in this season, my heart has been more tender, more prone to experience hurt, and my responses, well, they haven't always been overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) We'll just say that. And I suspect I might not be the only one here experiencing a need for His extra grace to cover our hearts and our responses in this season. Sometimes I think we try to force ourselves into this dichotomous realm of God's presence that's just totally apart from where we're at and where we're feeling right now. And I think God actually really wants to come and meet us right in the middle of our stuff. Just like Moses, he came into God's presence. Sometimes he was, I mean, read how he expressed himself. Sometimes he was super exasperated because God's people can be really exasperating. Um, He's bringing concerns or insecurity in leading God's people. Um, And I'm trying to practice this, inviting God to meet me at times when I'm struggling. My mentor, awesome Terry White, she's one of our missionaries that we pray for, um, has shown me just how important it is to be present with ourselves in order to be present with God. And I mean, actually slowing down enough to know what's in my own heart so that god's presence can actually meet me there so at night here's something i do i review the day with god just like i do with my kids on the way home from school so what was the hardest part of your day for me and god usually it's sometime i was challenged to respond well and i either did yay or i didn't and we get to process through that like what can we do differently next time right sounds familiar what was the best part of your day? I love this question because it usually inspires me to give thanks, okay? To give thanks to him for that. And then when did you notice God's presence? This question is training me to recognize his presence earlier and earlier in the day. And this is something called the prayer of examine. It's a tool that we're going to be practicing during home groups um, coming up here. So Jesus does the same thing. He invites us to notice, ponder, ponder consider. Be present in his presence. And I'm learning to do this better with him by blocking off times that are only for him. So just like sometimes I get into this pace of like, (laughs) you know, you feel like you're barely keeping up and just trying to stay on top of it and uh, anxiety and stress. And the best thing that I know how to do is to simply slow down and take a deep breath I just call it breathing in Jesus for a minute. I need a Jesus breath. Um, Just take a moment and invite him to help you identify what is going on in here and what is going on out here. And often I recognize, oh, okay, this whole thing is way beyond my capacity. I can't do this on my own. When I invite God to meet me at that place... It transforms my perspective. So rather than sitting there just feeling overwhelmed and like, oh, I remember, oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, this place of me knowing that I can't is kind of your specialty. You often, you have a long history of of working with people and through people who have come to the end of themselves or just are so inept (laughs) that all they can do is lean into your presence because your presence is a thing that actually moves mountains. I don't. Ah, oh, okay, I get it. You're just waiting for me to be done trying to do it my own way. Sometimes I feel like he's like, all right, how's that going for you? You done? Okay, come on. Let's do this together. Okay, I can do that. In those moments, I try to remember to do that. Take that deep breath and accept his invitation just to notice what's happening in here and what's happening out here. I present myself to him just as I am. And he promises his presence will go with us and he will give us rest. That's something we all need right now. If you notice in our scripture, that part where, you know, God didn't directly answer Moses' concern about who's going to help me lead these people. But did you see who stayed in the tent? That was Joshua who stayed in God's presence. In the moment, though, God only told Moses, I will be with you. I will give you rest. That's enough for me in this season. I don't really need to know all the whys and hows and whens that no one seems to know, and it changes every week. So I only need to know that God is going with me, and he is teaching me to rest in that. The third thing God's been really helping me to remember is to exercise thanksgiving. When I'm struggling to enter his presence, I often find that when I just start by thanking him, My own heart is turned toward Him. You know that verse that says, enter His gates with thanksgiving? It's not a requirement to access His presence, but it it certainly changes my perspective and my attention. So when I intentionally thank Him for who He is and what He's blessed me with, I sense His presence way more keenly. Part of this slowing down and just taking notice includes taking notice of those small blessings. My mom was super good at this, almost irritatingly so, but super good at this. She would notice and appreciate details in her zillions of plants, even weeds. I'm like, Mom, you know that's a weed, right? Oh, I know, but look how... And so she would notice it, and, and it would lead her to be enraptured in just the immense creativity and care of their creator. So I'm learning how to do that, to go out... Take a walk in nature and just see how God has put this world together and just the things that he shows me about himself as I'm doing that and giving time and giving space and noticing. So one way, another way we can nurture our awareness of who he is is to go back to the Psalms or go meditate on who the Lord says he is. I love how he tells Moses. um, Moses was wanting to see. He's like, I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. And he said, I'm going to show you my goodness. I love that he answered that way. And what he said is, I am the Lord who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love and ready to forgive. <sighs> Cultivating a heart of praise nurtures a spirit that is attentive to God. Our family has been doing building a list on our fridge that kind of trails down. We have actually moved it over to the wall because it's so long. Um, but of everyday things that we're thankful for. And this has just been a beautiful reminder. I just stole it from Ann Voskamp's book, One Thousand Gifts. And we started it back in November. I don't remember what we're on now. We're close to 200. We've been taking our time. It's okay. We've forgotten for a couple weeks. And then someone will remember and write it on. we're all like, oh, yeah, we're thankful. Um, so it's just help. it's been a beautiful thing as a family to just encourage one another to thank thank. thank the Lord. And they're just really common everyday things like purple teapots and blueberries and silly puppy things and (laughs) just just dumb things like that. But they just remind us God has blessed us and he's constantly blessing us. And then we are attentive to him. Another family, uh, the Kelson family, something they do every year throughout the year, they just write down blessings on slips of paper. They put them in the blessing jar. And then on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, they just open them and they read them and they remember all the ways that God's been providing for them throughout the year and they just thank him for that. What a cool way to just nurture that in our family. So just share that one. Um, The last way I feel like God's really been emphasizing um, is seeking his presence in community. This has been one of my favorites, you guys. (laughs) I remember I'm the inept gardener over here about cultivating an awareness of God's presence I'm so thankful we don't have to do it alone. We have each other. We're a family. And we can help each other recognize his presence and cultivate awareness. Sometimes you guys have done that for me where I'm like, I missed it. And you're like, Well, oh, that was God. <gasps> you're right. You know, I, we need that. We need to help each other recognize when he's breaking through in our everyday lives. Um, so some of you are really good at this. I called out Vernette embarrassed her terribly. shes If you've noticed when we have kids' church, she's usually coming early and she'll go past all the classrooms and just invite God's presence to come and meet the kids and come and meet the teachers. And I just, I love that. She's so faithful in doing that. So there are people in this house that I'm learning from and we can learn from each other. I just want to encourage you in that. Um, We have, you know, after being in God's presence, you know, Moses, what happened to him? He's literally glowing with the glory of the Lord. And his entire community was aware of God's presence in a real way. I feel like our lives should radiate not just the effects of being in his presence, but the reality that we host his presence, and we bring it with us wherever he's planted us, wherever we go, in our homes, our workplaces, our church family, in our communities. I feel like that might be God's plan for our world right now, that his presence would be in us, in each place we are, because he's made his home in us. And his presence just radiates out from us. I was going to say leaks out. That sounds kind of bad. Radiates is better. It was oozing, leaking. No, no, no. Radiate. There we go. Um, So we have a unique opportunity to walk this out together during this next home group season. And we'll be practicing these tools and way more. Um, Just a snapshot of what this looked like in community just a few weeks ago. God just blessed me with this presence by comforting. um, And you guys were a part of that. So a few weeks ago, Emily went in, for um, append- an apt- appendectomy, um, and many of you were praying for us. I just, I really felt the presence of God extended through you as you prayed and sent encouragement, and um, there were just, so I, we really felt covered in his peace and his presence. There were just a couple moments where I just was like, ooh, a little rocked. I brought Emily into the ER room, and I realized, This is the same room I brought our dear friend Janae, who we lost a year and a half ago. It's just those moments that kind of sideswiped me, and I was like, oh, okay, God's with us. You know, you're with us. Um, And then when she was in, we finally got into surgery at like 10.30, 10 something at night. Um, And I was just in the waiting room by myself, and again, just kind of got bowled over by just feeling overwhelmed and that sense of loss and grief. And um, I just... A friend of mine, Michelle, she had heard, I think she must have heard Wick Niece's message that week. I didn't because I wasn't here. Um, but she passed, just sent me a text saying, I'm praying and here I thought of you and sent the blessing song. And I just sat in that waiting room and just bawled and listened to the song and just reminded myself, yes, he's with me. He's with me. And then Laura Lee, I'd reached out to her because I was like, oh, this is hard. Um, she just offered to drive right down then and there and be present with me. And you know, I just was like, I just needed that reminder of God's nearness, his availability, he's right there. And your prayers and your encouragement and your friendship just led me right back into that place of sensing his presence of peace. So those, those are the four tools I feel like God's been teaching me and I just wanna remind you, just consider that this week. Let's create a space to attend to him. Be attentive to your own heart, exercise thanksgiving, seek him in community. So i got to finish up my story of my mom, because they kind of left you hanging. Two months after my mom first went in the hospital, when it finally looked like she was on the mend, within a week or so of coming home, the nurses found her unresponsive in her room. Doctors revived her only to find that that aneurysm had re-ruptured and she had massive internal bleeding. We knew that it was time for her to go home. So we did these four things, inviting God into that really hard process. We created a space. We gathered on FaceTime with my brothers who were finally allowed to go in and see her at the hospital. We listened to our grief and gave voice to it. We wept together as we said goodbye. We sang songs of thanksgiving together, reliving all the beauty my mom brought to the world and including the gift of her mostly silent presence. During the last two months, we had done a whole ton of video chatting, all, f- all three, four of us together um, while she was in the hospital. And then together in our little virtual community, we released her to Jesus and we experienced his comfort. So even in that deep sadness God met us and we were so aware of his presence. That tent of meeting stretched 1,800 miles. So I want to urge you please join a home group this season. Next week they're going to be put up the signups. We're going to be taking active practical steps to cultivate awareness of God's presence together and we desperately need that for this season so please sign up. And it would be ridiculous of me to talk about God's presence and not provide an opportunity or a space to actually practice attending to it. So we're going to take the next few minutes or longer if you want to. Please take whatever time you need or head out when you need to, but let's meet him. He's here. There's nothing we can do or need to do to make him any more present, but we can turn our gaze toward him. We can invite him into whatever our current struggle, angst, or pain is, remember who we're meeting with he says i'm the lord who is compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness maintaining love and ready to forgive so we're going to invite him to meet us specifically in places where we're feeling a lack of his presence Josh is going to lead us in a song in that invitation time. And I'm going to pray a blessing over you to wrap up. And then you're welcome to stay, go or stay, whatever you need to do a little longer in this place. But let's, do you mind standing with me? And let's just take a moment. You can feel free to sit too if you need to, whatever you need to do. Take a minute. Let's just ask the Lord, help me identify where have I felt the lack of your presence? Take a minute and tell him and invite God into that space.
1: nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare you're our living hope. your presence I've tasted and seen Sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free, and my shame is undone in your presence.
0: i'd like to pray this ephesians 3 14 and 19 blessing over you and if you'd like to receive it just hold out your hands i pray to the father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into god's love and keep you strong And may you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Live in God's presence this week. Bless you guys.